What's up, guys? This is an exclusive Patreon episode. As you guys know, we like to give everyone a, uh, you know, the general public that aren't patrons a nice sneak peek of what to expect when they join, you know, to get the full, the whole enchilada. That's right. So we're going to give you guys a 30-minute yeah. clip. This is going to go to iTunes, Spotify, etc. If you enjoy it, please tell a friend, share it. This is important information. All we want to do is help. Uh, we have a special guest informed with Anthony. So this is a perfect time if you want the whole enchilada, if you want all the bonus episodes, if you want all the content first, head on over to patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can get all this good, all this good game. Por favor, believe it. Let's enjoy the episode. Sas. Right now, I want you to get ready for the Masa Messiah, the Tamale Kingpin. You know where I'm going with right. this? El Rey del Four Play. I'm all, hey, I'm already not comfortable. The Versace Mariachi. What? All the way from Houston, Texas. Chingo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a monumental episode of Red Pill Tamales. I am your host, Chingo Bling. We have producer Rob in the building. Hey, buddy. Man, today, dude, we, we just got off the Zoom call with Informed with Anthony. If you're not following him, put up your Instagram, YouTube, etc. Check out some of his posts, some of his videos. Um, fascinating conversation. Yeah. I love how he says that everything he puts out, he's trying to get to the truth. He's not trying to be partisan. Kind of sounds like us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody's somewhat biased no matter what because we're human. But um, he says that he really wants to help reach people from the left. You know, people that just kind of buy the mainstream narrative and they're not really too open to hear what conservatives and stuff like that have to say. Uh, what, what was something interesting that you liked from that? He was just really, he was with it. Like he, he's obviously very active online. He served, in, which you'll, you'll hear about in the military. And he knows how to just give you the facts like he does on Instagram in a way that he's not attacking you for what you think or what you believe or what you think you perceive to be uh, the better route, you know, policy wise or even thinking, you know, he called uh, like woke, uh, wokeism, like what, like feel good policies or whatever. And giving you and delivering what he feels is like a better approach at reframing, which we talked a lot about in the podcast, uh, certain issues and certain uh, outlooks of things. And if he can do that, like the way he's doing it, like on podcasts, on his Instagram, in person, and as time goes on or throughout time, I think he, he will get a lot of people who are maybe they're, you know, they're on the left, but they're kind of like fence sitters in the sense that like, I'm not quite like, I don't know, am I moderate or am I starting to lean more conservative or what's going on? But they're also definitely not on the woke side that are going to be throwing, uh, you know, fucking cocktails and bombs at riots or, you know, breaking down windows. I think he's definitely going to can reach those people and kind of move them in the other direction. I don't know. He, he was just, it was a really good conversation. I think it's interesting to see in 2021, people like Informed with Anthony, ourselves, yeah. uh, Jorge Ventura. I mean, all, just all these folks, uh, whether it's uh, Monica for Congress or Mayra Flores for Congress, basically Latino voices giving a more nuanced other side of the feel-good policy. Yeah. In, in other words, I mean, you know, me being Mr. They Can't Deport Us All, that's a feel-good thing. It's like, hey, you know, you can't, you know, just because we're brown with your racist white supremacy wall and, you know, fuck trompas, hey. But then if you really dig in, it's like 
okay, well, what are the long-term repercussions of just open borders? Yeah. And how much fentanyl? How many little girls getting trafficked through there and, and so on? And um, and if it doesn't even open your eyes to, like, conservatism, which, again, he makes a good distinction that it isn't if you're Republican, you're conservative, or if you're conservative, you're automatically Republican. It's it's a little more nuanced than that. But even if you weren't to choose a, another side or move over to the, the, to the red side, you could at least see it for what it is as far as, like, a global issue or, a, like, a humanitarian issue outside of the United States. If you are already on the side that cares about, let's just call it again, um, feeling you know good feeling policies, you would want to research and and look up what we could do about these other countries, like just humans in general. If you really believe that we're all brothers and sisters on this planet, you want to know how the fuck can we, can I, can all of us do? What can we do to help these people in these other countries? It only it only makes not only their life and their countries better, but it's going to help our country, our country, and what's going on here. Yeah, so with what you just said, it might sound cool to take the Biden route, which is like, you know, we're not going to send you back to Mexico to wait for your court date. We're going to give you a bus ticket to Chicago and you're going to wait there. And a lot of this stuff sounds nice, but you're incentivizing people to take this long journey, possibly, you know, get exploited, die. Uh, uh, you know, these people, some people getting gang raped and molested. It's all kind of crazy stories. And these feel-good policies are really encouraging this type of stuff. So it was a very good chat. Um, I, lo- I love his pages, the stuff he posts. Um, I repost his stuff all the time. And like I was saying, man, hopefully, hopefully a lot of young Latinos can have more options. It's not just Eva Longoria telling you, hey, vote for Biden, he's good, you know, da, da, da. It's like, no, you got people like Informed with Anthony saying, hey, I'm out there on the ground, I got my camera, I'm getting the facts, I'm talking to the people. Um, he said he's gonna go out there to Minneapolis when the when the uh, George Floyd case wraps up. Uh, he went out to Portland to see how these uh, Antifa people were burning Bibles and, and rioting and destroying shit. And, and meanwhile, CNN and Democrats are covering for them. Like, no, 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 they're Antifa. Déjalos, tan malitos, déjalos. You know, they don't mean no harm. Tan malitos, you know, it's okay. Um, so that's one thing I'm really looking forward to is young Latinos getting a more nuanced perspective and saying, it's not so clear cut and dry. It's not just, they can't deport us all. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's talk about this crisis on the border. How did it come about? How can we fix it? What's the, what's the solution? And it's not just, it's all racist either. Yeah. And and being America first, don't make you a Nazi. No. Caring about your country. Don't make you a white supremacist and don't fall for the okie doke. That's the running theme of, of red pill tamales is like, you know, don't let nobody trick you into thinking that, Orale, you want to be white now, huh, homie? Because you want strong borders. It's like, nah, man, they pumping in fentanyl. It's human trafficking. You're enriching the cartels. It's a shit show at the border. Anthony was down there, same time we were down there. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Um, I really did. I feel like this is a really good episode, um, you know, to have a guest on. And, you know, it's not necessarily Rob and I shooting the shit, going through um, some news headlines. Yeah. It's talking with someone else, getting their point of view, how they approach all of this. And he's gotten a lot of heat. You know, he gets a lot of um, probably hate as well from Raza being like, Orale, what the fuck? What are you talking about, homie? Uh, you know, <laughs> what you mean, dog? What you mean Biden-Harris isn't our savior? Uh, 
But yeah. if you do want to hear us talk the shit, we got a chingo chat coming for you guys on Monday, and then That's we'll right. see you again on Wednesday. Uh, it is Good Friday today, so I guess enjoy your Friday and your uh, good uh, Easter weekend. Yeah, happy Easter weekend. And uh, without further ado, man, Informed with Anthony. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very exclusive interview with Informed with Anthony. Welcome to the show, brother. All right, thank you so much for having me, Chingo. Man, uh, we follow you. We repost all your stuff. You have all the scoop, uh, the, <laughs> the exclusives. Uh, you get the info first. You get it early. Uh, can you give everybody listening uh, a little bit of background as to uh, what are some other things? Because you worked in, uh, what was it, Homeland Security or something? Uh, yeah, so I was uh, part of the U.S. Coast Guard, uh, which is technically not part of the Department of Defense, but it's actually the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, so I did that for a little bit over 10 years. So you were a Coast Guard guy for over 10 years. Yes, sir. And then uh, a couple of those years I spent at the San Diego and Tijuana border as a Spanish interpreter. And our main focus there was basically anti-human trafficking and anti-drug trafficking into the country. Man, so you're pretty well versed in... Um like boots on the ground, kind of knowing the way this shit works, like how, how people get trafficked and drug gets, you know, drugs get moved and stuff. Correct. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, on top of that, you know, I've worked, you know, our units have worked with foreign countries, foreign Latin American countries, Mexico, uh, been to Panama as far south as Peru to kind of work with their Coast Guard and their kind of like Department of Homeland Security to kind of help them as well uh, locate drug traffickers, smugglers, stuff like that, and kind of better train them as well to kind of combat the the global crisis that is the human trafficking and drug trafficking. So how did you get into, uh, how would you describe yourself, man? Like a, a independent journalist or in your role now that you're spreading um, info? Yeah, I kind of leave the journalist title to okay. uh, the professionals. I know yeah. a lot of people kind of get uh, a little bit triggered when I call myself a journalist because mm -hmm. they actually put in the, the school time and stuff. I would just kind of say I'm more like a political commentator, uh, which is, you know, just I, I basically grab stuff and I kind of add uh, my own two cents to it. I grab something and I kind of try to go against the narrative because if you want, you know, leftist bias or, or a specific bias, you can just tune in anywhere. You can, you know, if you want... Right wing bias, you can talk. Uh, you tune in more to like Fox News if you want left wing. Uh, you can tune into like CNN, MSNBC, Univision, Telemundo. Uh, but I kind of noticed that it, in the Spanish speaking world, that there uh, for Latinos and Hispanics, there really isn't a lot of impartial news. Meaning like they don't really have uh, something that's not biased or at least kind of independent or right of independent. And so that's basically what I do is. I grab these main talking points that I hear a lot of woke Latinos and Hispanics talking about. And I'm like, nah, that's not it at all, fam. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's, that's not the truth. You know, like that's your truth. And that's what you want it to mean. But that's realistically not what it is. So and, and not to get in your business like, hey, how do you vote? But were you always up on game in terms of the woke left uh, talking points? And, and did, did it come to a point where you're like, Hmm, this is kind of starting to sound like bullshit. Because, like, for me, I'm new to really diving in and really sifting through and, and getting other sources. So, for the longest, I was just busy working on my on my career and, and not really paying too much attention. But as of recent, I, I, I don't want to call myself, you know, right or anything like that. But I try to be as impartial as I can. And um, 
so so how did that how did that happen with you? Yes, yeah, so I, I'm 33 years old. I left the military when uh, 2017, and up until then, uh, I didn't really care. I'm from Los Angeles, and out here, like it wasn't like a big thing to be political. Yeah. You know, like obviously there's like social justice movements, but it wasn't necessarily like you know like a political thing. Like, hey, once we're done marching, we're gonna go and sign up to vote. Like, no, nah, it wasn't really like that. It was just mm-hmm. like social justice movements. You go out there, you hold up your signs. You scream a lot and then you kind of get a little bit informed about what you're out there marching about. And then you just kind of go home and then, you know, to the next one. Um, so when I came back to California 2017, because I kind of moved around the country, my over 10 years of military experience, mm-hmm. um, I noticed that L.A. was just full of like homeless people. And mm-hmm. it wasn't I don't know, maybe because when I left when I was 18 to enlist in the military, I didn't really pay attention to like my surroundings as much, you know, because mm-hmm. your mom's driving you everywhere when you're a minor and stuff. Yeah. So you're not really paying attention. But when I came back, you know, I got three kids. I'm looking around and I'm like, yo, has LA always been like this? Like just like crackheads on the street, mm-hmm. like openly doing drugs. And has there always just been a homeless problem? Like I, I guess maybe it was just because it was normal or I didn't have kids or I didn't have to pay attention to it. I was like, I, I don't know if this is normal or what. So I didn't even vote 2016. And the only thing I really knew was what my family was echoing uh, that, you know, Donald Trump was a racist and Republicans are racist. And to me, I'll be honest with you, bro. I I didn't really care for Trump or Hillary Clinton back Mm -hmm. in 2016. Oh, same here, brother. Uh, Yeah, I I will say that I kind of had a little bit more bias toward Trump. Like I actually was a little bit more in favor of him only because um, I had military friends that actually worked with uh, Hillary Clinton and they were like bro she's like evil mm. she's like the devil bro like hey, we've met her we've done security for her when you know when they were in the military etc cetera, etc cetera. like she's evil so I was just like oh damn like that kind of sucks you know but uh, I don't really care you yeah, know yeah. <laughs> so when I got out 2017 I started paying attention a little bit more to politics because I think you can agree with this it kind of like politics just took over everything yeah. bro mm-hmm. every like culture uh corporations like mm-hmm. everything was political everything you log into snapchat you log into instagram yeah. everything was like find political. out yeah find out how you can help the aapi community yeah, yeah like gotcha. everything was political and so i was just like i need to pay more attention like what's really going on like is donald trump really this racist that's about to deport me like people were telling me oh you're a son of an immigrant yeah this was about to deport you too and i'm just <laughs> like it. even though i was born here and i was and they were like yep it don't even matter and i'm just like damn i really don't feel like being deported so i st- <laughs> so i started researching more i started reading and i was just like you know what like i a lot of this stuff is a lie Mm -hmm. and i'll never forget that this like right around the time where um he said you know he said a comment about you know mexico isn't sending their best some of them are you know rapists some of them are bad people etc etc i remember watching like a three or four second clip and i was like damn this dude is like racist racist But then, like, I was able to track down that video because I wanted to hear the context. I was like, well, mm-hmm. let me hear what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard the whole thing where he was like, no, no, some people are definitely great people. You know, some of the people that are coming are great people, but some of the people that are coming through, unfortunately, are bad people. And I was just like, well, I was DHS. I apprehended a lot of bad people, man, mm-hmm. you know, running their, their background, finding out what they were there. And almost over 90% of the cases that we apprehended people almost all the time they were either cartel smugglers or they were just trying to pass drugs through. And so I was just like, well, he's technically not wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like, just where's the, the way lie? he's saying yeah. it. 
Right. It's just maybe the way he was saying it was kind of like the triggering factor for people. But I was just like, but he's not wrong, though, Mm -hmm. you know. And so to me, being in the military 10 plus years, uh, my dad was military. My grandfather was military. Um, I kind of come from that background. And then, you know, our culture, brother, you know, Latinos and Hispanics will grab your biggest insecurity and turn it into your nickname, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're if you're fat, you're gordo for the rest of your life. It don't matter if you lose weight. You're just gordo. So to me, I was just like, I'm kind of weirded out by by how spazzed out you guys are. Like, are you guys really triggered by this? Like, if he's speaking truth, then then it's just truth. We do got to do something about the human trafficking aspect especially me, my background being that, you know, anti-human trafficking, anti-drug trafficking. I was just like, I come from a long history. And I remember I served in the military all eight years under Obama. We never heard from like woke activists to stop doing my job or, you know, like, hey, stop following Obama's orders to deport people back or send them back. I was just like, this just kind of happened all of a sudden, you know, so that's when I started getting involved, man. I started researching more. I started doing like independent. I just kind of like, I would grab something and be like, yo, this is a spin the media is doing, but this is the actual truth. These are the numbers, the statistics. Mm -hmm. And then you guys can decide for yourself. Hey, is this true or is this not true? What year did you set up uh, your informed with Anthony pages? And like, Uh, I, I set it up back in 20, I believe it was like early 2018. Cause 2017, I was still like, really dabbling in politics i started following like both left wing and right wing like media outlets and then i was starting to see like prager u turning point usa they were kind of like growing a lot mm-hmm. and i started kind of hearing like both sides and then 2018 i believe it was like january 2018 i'm like all right i, I want to create like an like an alias online so that because you know cancer culture was was mm-hmm. up and rampant too and i was just like well hey man i don't want to be crucified for yeah. saying the wrong thing so i ended up coming up with my with my handle back in 2018 but initially i was actually the conservative latino mm. um because i i personally just consider myself conservative which a lot of people falsely think that if you're conservative that automatically means you're republican mm-hmm. but it's it's not like conservatism is a way is a lifestyle you mm-hmm. know like that's how i was brought up i was mm-hmm. brought up christian uh, it was a very legalistic uh church uh, there was a lot of things you couldn't do because everything, you know, todo era del diablo. You know, mm. they'd be like, oh, you want to go to the movie theater? Nah, this was el diablo. You know, oh, you want to go to the theme park with your friends? Mm. Nah, this was el diablo. diablo. So, I, like, I just grew up, like, very conservative, you know, like, it was just a very strict household. And so I was just like, well, I definitely align more with conservative values. So I'm going to just call myself the conservative Latino. Mm-hmm. And I came out with like a little profile. And then recently, because of all the shadow banning and censorship and targeting of conservatives online, I changed it up to inform with Anthony. And just like that, bro, it's like the censorship just went away, you know. <laughs> mm. And then I noticed you even have like informed with Anthony 2.0, like you have to make backup pages and stuff. Yeah, so I had my main page, Conservative Latino, uh, and like right before the election, I'd say maybe like right around the like when the the pandemic happened, that's when I noticed that I was getting censored pretty hard because Mm. obviously, you know, they were using like, oh, man, you got to stay at home. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then I was listening to like other doctors that were coming out and they're like, actually, you know, like if you guys do this, this might actually help a little bit better. So I would post like those videos of those doctors saying like this and then boom, like it'd be like, hey, your video was deleted. Or, you know, oh, you're not allowed to post for like a week, et cetera, et cetera. So what ended up happening was my main page got heavily, heavily shadow banned for like months where 
I was close to 70,000 followers on my Instagram. I got, I had 20,000 on my Twitter. My Twitter got deleted completely. They didn't give uh, you a just, reason? Nah, they didn't give me no reason, man, at all. They, they didn't say like, it's because of this or, and the thing is with, with Twitter, I had never been locked out before. I had never, they never gave me like a warning before. Like, hey man, if you don't stop talking about like this, then you're going to be banned. And I just remember like posting something and then two hours later, like my email said, hey, your account has been completely banned. Uh, I tried to fight it, n- never got a response or anything. So that's when I had to create a backup page, at least on Instagram, uh, because my main account, I had oh, close to 70,000 followers and I was only getting like 100 likes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, there's something wrong here. you mm-hmm. know. Like, and so I created my backup page. Um, and then now, my I, when I change the name again to my main page from Conservative Latino to Inform with Anthony, it's back again now. So mm. I'm just like, all right, maybe they just don't really like the conservative Latino. Take well, there goes thing. my conservative bling page. <laughs> so much for that. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's crazy. Bro. So um, let, let's dive into uh, the border because that's one of the, the main hot topics going on. Uh, I appreciate the invite, man. Uh, Anthony hit me up. I was telling producer Rob, Anthony hit me up. He said he had some contacts. We could probably get a ride along. And then the unofficial gag order came out and the White House was like, nobody can talk to press. No one can get access. No one can do ride alongs. Nothing. And uh, we, we both happened to be back down there at the same time as originally scheduled. And I got an unofficial, unofficial ride along. Uh, how was your ride along? Yeah, I got. I also got an unofficial, unofficial <laughs> ride along. Okay. I had. I got like so much stuff like behind the scenes, and I was able to kind of uh, be in contact with uh, someone. Um, but uh, like you said, man, that gag order. Mm. Uh, you know, so much for being the most transparent administration ever. Um, but it, it was really eye opening, man, because my work for you know over a decade was out at sea. So I got to see a lot more drug smuggling and and a lot of like cartel and, you know, people like that here on land. When people are crossing the border, that's a lot more families. That's a lot more women. That's a lot more kids just being dropped from the border. Yeah. Have you seen that video? Yeah, yeah. The two kids. Just bloop, bloop. Yeah, because, you know, and, and so it was definitely eye opening. I got to uh, actually interview a couple of the of the migrants themselves and i put that up on my spanish news podcast and uh you know hearing their stories hearing what they had to say hearing that you know they they feel a lot more welcome now and stuff like that it's you know it's i didn't go out there with the purpose of like aha you know Mm -hmm. like i i I knew it like oh take that you know like Mm -hmm. this political party it's not about that it's just i wanted to see for myself because you know, Chingo, it's, it's one thing to hear about it, mm-hmm. but then when you're there, you're like, damn, mm-hmm. like these these are, you know, these people don't care about politics. They don't care Democrat, Republican. They, they're like, can I make money? Can I exploit the system? And can I get this person from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. And I think that what we are seeing, even with like the people that came and dropped off the two kids at the border and just dropped them off, th- those don't look like professional smugglers. Mm-hmm. I think that there's literally people saying to themselves, I need to travel up north to the border, not to get to the U.S., but to try to find a way to 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 exploit money from these migrants. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that you're having like a lot of copycats mm. where where they're just like, I'm gonna grab a little raft and I'm gonna just transport people, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I you know, I don't have to be an official cartel member. I just want to make money. You mm-hmm. know. And so it was definitely eye-opening, man. And 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 I think that there's a lot of unofficial stuff. I don't know, you know, how in depth your unofficial guy mm-hmm. or a girl, you know, uh, mm-hmm. talk to you about. 
But with mine, uh, they took me to a remote location where they're creating off-sites. These are unofficial government sites where they're processing people coming into the U.S., but they have no real way to know if their identification is real or not. Because uh, this is this is one of the bigger problems that people don't know about. And this is something that this official told me unofficially mm-hmm. was that here in the U.S., if you present an ID, there's a way to know if it's a real ID or not. But there's no system in the U.S. that allows you to know if this foreign passport or this foreign identification is real or not. So you mm. just have to take it for face value. Mm. You just have to be like, yo, is this your ID? And you're, and they're like, yeah. And they're like, what's your name? And they're like, if, as long as it matches the ID, they're like, all right, I guess you're who you say you are. Mm. And then on, the, on these unofficial sites, what ends up happening is they're never processed into facilities. There's just so many of them coming over, so many of the people coming over, they just release them into the country. They put them on a bus, and then they're like, where do you want to go? And then they just drop them off on cities, and they're like, please promise us you're going to make a court date to hear your asylum case. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Thanks you for know? the ride. Thanks for and the then, ride. Yeah, exactly, man. So and, th- and, this is, and this is due to uh, Biden doing away with the stay in Mexico uh, agreement with with mexico to that- stay in mexico and catch and release catch and release is back so uh you know trump had gotten away with that he's like we're not doing catch and release anymore you know where we just process them a little bit and then we they they promise us to come back and make a court date uh this that's back now so that's why you're seeing these unofficial sites now that you know they're never really recorded uh, the numbers aren't even recorded so the numbers that are being presented are completely like under like they're lowballed. So the numbers that we're hearing that there's a crisis about, I was talking to that official. He's like, I'd say at least multiply it by one and a half to two times. Mm. Those are the more. Damn. That's a more accurate representation it, of it, what's happening at the border. It makes you wonder, like, con el desmadre. Like it is such a shit show where you mm-hmm. see what these kids, uh, uh, unaccompanied minors, how you know the images of the the um the facilities in donna just the the overall shit show of it people getting raped gang raped all kind of crap human traffic sex traffic and it makes you wonder like okay did y'all just kind of mess up like oh we accidentally undid some shit we came in with an executive order and we didn't know we were incentivizing people we didn't know people were going to interpret uh biden's speeches as hey come on we got you it makes you wonder like are you going to readjust did you do that on purpose like what i don't want to speculate but it's like it's such a big problem like what do you think what would you speculate like they just well, i definitely up? think i definitely think that this administration thought that they wouldn't have seen it i, I don't think they really expected this many people to, mm. to come through and the problem is you can't reverse it because then now you're the bigot Mm. Right. Now, now you're a racist because you reverse what you said. And it, to me, what I kind of find interesting is the people that were so mad about the way people, whether people were being treated humanely or not at the border. Now they don't care if they're being treated humanely, because at least this administration is taking in a lot more families. So, you know, it's almost like take everything you just talked about, the gang rapes, mm-hmm. the sex trafficking and this that doesn't matter anymore to a certain demographic of people that were so outspoken last administration mm-hmm. uh, because at least now the percentage of people being accepted is slightly higher 
And and so so to me, it's just like, well, then you were never really mad about the condition at the border. You were just mad that the man was turning people away because a lot of them just either didn't qualify. You know, and, and this is something that I think is a is a bad misrepresentation of what this administration is doing is they're making it seem like an overwhelming majority of these people are either going to be able to claim asylum or they're going to qualify for asylum status. A lot of people are not. I, I specifically spoke to a migrant family. It was uh, it was like a woman and her sister. And then they had like three or four kids with them. And I asked them, like, what made you guys come north? And they said, well, we don't really like our local mayor. And I'm like, yo, join the club. I live yeah. in L.A. Like, I hate my mayor. You know, like, un- unfortunately, not liking your government is not a- asylum status. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be able to apply for as- asylum status and then qualify because you don't like your government. Fleeing persecution, religious persecution, uh, you know, maybe sexual persecution because you're a member of the LGBT. Those are some of the ways that you're almost guaranteed to come into the U.S., but not liking your local government, mm. not liking, you know, the Democrat or Republican in that place. That's, you know, it, it, it's just not going to be able to do it. So, uh, again, we he created this problem by reversing a lot of the previous administration's policies because they were too racist. Mm. Um, quote unquote and then now and then yeah and now he can't undo them because then it's gonna look bad on him so yeah, he's just yeah. stuck between a rock and a hard place right now it's almost like an example of woke politics and trying to be right. woke and trying to be like we got to have transgenders in the military and we got to have this we got to have you know transgenders in the sports and we got to uh, uh you know open borders and everything's trying to be nice and hunky-dory and, and um just everything is woke and it's like, okay, well, due to being woke, you created this overwhelming situation where you're enriching the cartels. You're putting people putting their they're traveling for four months, three months, two several months, going through multiple borders, crossing through countries, and it's a treacherous voyage. And it's like you incentivized, you got rid of the friction of the um, hey, if you're gonna pay a coyote. Trump had it to where you're going to be stuck in Mexico waiting for your court date. And then we can process you and bring you into the U.S. if you qualify. But you're not going to create a clusterfuck at our border, overwhelm our Border Patrol people. Because, you know, they say there's people on the terrorist watch list sneaking in. People from special interest countries like Yemen, Syria, etc. When I got my unofficial ride along, we were on a boat and they were like, okay, we're going to go this way, not that way. And it's like, over here, you, you're probably going to see some rafts and people, you know, getting across. Over there, we saw a body yesterday, and a uh, dude got chopped in half because he didn't pay. And there's no telling what else is going on that way. And they showed us pictures. Like, look, he's still twitching. He's still twitching. I was like, oh, hell no. Give me my, yeah. give me my floaties and my life vest. Yeah. What do you think it, it's going to take for La Raza or Latinos to be like, you know what? man, I used to look at things in this woke manner and I thought Biden was going to build back better, but apparently these issues are more nuanced. What, what do you think it's going to take for that tipping point? I think that, unfortunately, with a lot of the individuals, you know, on the left of La Raza, you know, people that think that uh, these feel good policies, mm-hmm. I know people call them like woke policies, but I, I kind of find it synonymous with uh, feel good policies where, for example, like you were you were talking about the repercussions of these woke policies, uh, you defund the police and then crime skyrockets. And then now you have to refund the police. This is happening in Los Angeles. This happened in Minneapolis where they had these feel good policies like, oh, this is what you guys want. OK, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
we're with you. Just vote for us. We'll pass these laws. Cool, cool, cool. And then they defunded the police. Crime skyrocketed. And now they're like begging the police like, yo, please, please, please. Like, we'll refund you. Just please take care of this crime, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that what's going to happen is they, unfortunately, some people need to see the violence. They need to see the videos that we are now watching that now are being pushed everywhere, right? Not just by people on the right, people like yourself and myself, where we're just independent. Uh, and then people on the left, they need to be able to see this. When I was down in uh, Texas, I got to talk to a congressional congressional candidate. Uh, she's running for Congress in Texas District 34. Her name is Myra Flores. She gave me a full interview. I got that up on my YouTube. And she was telling me that she's spoken to a lot of Biden supporters, a lot of Hispanic and Latino Biden supporters that they say we regret it. Mm. Like we, we 100% regret what we did because we didn't know it was going to be like this. We thought the process was going to be a lot more humane where they were just going to be processed and either allowed in or they're going to be processed and deported back. And But what you're seeing is, like you said, you're seeing a rising crime. Uh, you know, I, I saw a video online where, like, there's cartel wars happening in border territory on Mexico's border because they want control. They're like, yo, business is booming. We're now taking over this territory. And the cartel is like, nah, you're not. And they're like, oh, you want to bet? And then they start drug wars. Um, back in January, uh, the, you know, the whole wristband stuff, you, did you, were you able to see like the wristband stuff at the color coding of, yeah. the, of the migrants, right? Mm -hmm. So that started because uh, the cartel wars against the police and against other cartels, there was migrants coming through and they were getting killed. So they came up with the color coding system to tag or, you know, like cattle. Uh, the, the cartel would be like, yo, we got to tag you or else you're probably going to get killed because people don't know that you're a migrant. And so whenever there's wars going on out here, there was like a, a mass murdering of migrants back in January on Mexico's territory. And there was like 12 police officers that ended up getting arrested. I don't know if it was because they were corrupt or if it was just because of negligence, you know, like, yo, you know better than to fight the cartel when there's migrants coming through. And they were like, well, we didn't know they were migrants. We just thought they were locals. Mm -hmm. Not that it makes it any better. But again, that's bad for business. Imagine news saying that migrants are being killed and you're a person that wanted to make that voyage. Mm. You need guarantees. So that wristband is a guarantee like, yo, you're, don't worry about it. Uh, the cartel, the local cartel, even other cartel know that you're our property and they're not to touch you. Uh, there's a purple band that you make a one-time payment, $500, and that promises that no other cartel can extort you or do anything to you because you belong to that cartel. So it's almost like it, they're creating like a system of like, yo, if you pay this much, you get like the premium package. But if you get this much, we can't make any promises. It's like, yeah, this is like what? Like, how is that OK with anybody? It's like Disneyland. You know? Like you want to jump the line? Yeah. Purple band. Yeah, exactly, man. And, and, and it's really sad because. This is what this is what I've always stood against the trafficking of you know la raza la our people right, and you feel bad because you know that some of these people not all of them really just want to make a living they're just like yo we just we just want a better life we we just want to be able to give our kids a dream but this is just not the way, and that is to me what the previous administration understood and they're like look it's not that it's not that we don't love these people it's just that journey is so dangerous that we want to do everything in our power to not allow it to happen. And the numbers were down. I mean, I talked to 
you know, unofficially official people down mm-hmm. there. And I was like, look, man, I, I don't really care about your politics, mm-hmm. but the previous administration, the, the policies really work. Like, you don't have to lie mm-hmm. to me. I'm, not, I'm on no one's side. I just want the truth. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they 100% work. We didn't have catch and release. We didn't have all these off sites. We didn't have all this violence. The we didn't have people being dropped mm-hmm. from, from the border three and five years old because mm-hmm. there wasn't a policy that said that if you were a minor, that you're just going to be brought, we'll never turn you away. I mean, that's not just Biden's uh, policy. This is his entire administration. Secretary uh, of, of Press, circle back Saki, she's come out and she said, you know, yo, we're never turning anyone away. That's that's what we're doing. So imagine being a parent hearing that. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm just going to send my kids up north. I don't care how they make it. You know, I'm just going to send them. Pinche desmadre. Damn. Hey, dude, let me ask you this, Anthony. Um, and before we get into like what we can do going forward, when you inform people on uh, this topic and you ha- you're met with people that say, well, you know, this has been going on for a long time, like we see a lot in the comments, or, you know, it goes back to Reagan or even World War II. What points or what information do you try to present to those type of people that maybe not justify, but just lets them know or, or makes them aware of how things have changed since Reagan or even World War II when it comes to people coming from Mexico to the United States? Like, what to, what do you find important to know or what did you research and think that that was very important to know, differences in, in how things were happening? Well, you know, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, the day before yesterday, was Cesar Chavez Day, right? Right. Um, and I think that people, I mean, that goes back to a little bit after, you know, World War II and stuff. And I think it's important, especially as Latinos, Hispanics, to understand the history of fighting illegal immigration mm-hmm. uh, because it creates this system. It's not about hating the person. And I don't necessarily agree with Cesar Chavez and calling them, you know, people wets and, and wetbacks. I, I don't agree with the terminology personally. I know some people, they're like, no, call them what they are. You know, Damn. illegal. This is not. I try to say like undocumented. I try to say, you know, foreign migrant stuff like that because mm-hmm. I have friends on the left and the right. Mm-hmm. And if they tell me like, yo, man, you know, like as long as you're not asking me to, you know, change their, 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 their like Z and Zer and, and their gender pronouns i'm okay with that you know don't ask me to do that but if you want me to use a little bit you know undocumented okay i'll use undocumented like that doesn't take a lot of effort on my part Mm -hmm. if it keeps both sides engaged you know uh but i think that definitely informing yourself historically on on the harms of of illegal immigration the people that fought including other chicanos other chicanas other latinos that fought against illegal immigration the you, you know the the ufw uh, mm-hmm. celebrating Dolores Huerta, uh, people like Cesar Chavez, understanding why they also were against illegal immigration mm-hmm. and the farm workers that were already here saying like, look, we're getting undercut by the illegal population. And what ends up happening is you have uh, uh, systems built already by these corporations. It's something that's actually I, I heard is already happening now where they do hire the undocumented uh, because they want to undercut them. To me personally, I've always said the undocumented community is modern day slavery today. Mm-hmm. They have no right to vote. Mm-hmm. They have no right to ask for higher raise. Uh, if they get sick or if they get, you know, if something breaks while they're on the job, they don't have a union to represent them. They don't have medical expenses paid for. You're just simply replaced by another worker, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're ever like a problem, and and that's been consistent. That's just not that's not new. That's not something that like, oh, I, Anthony, came up with this problem that exists now. Like that's been the same message for 40 plus years is that, that when you create this community, when you allow America to continue to exploit uh, this community of people, it it undercuts, it hurts, it harms. 
and especially the people trying to make this this voyage over. And so uh, to people, when they say, oh, this system has existed, right. But why would we allow it to increase? Mm -hmm. So the numbers were down. I personally believe, and I've made this uh, statement before, where I personally believe that if you're if you're really serious about tackling the border issue or the migration issue, you have to start with the root of the problem. And that is a lot of these foreign countries. Uh, especially the trifecta, which is El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. You have to start there with local government, getting rid of the corruption, and basically being in bed with the cartel. Can we force them to do that? Nah, you, you, you can't. So the only thing you can do is what you can control. And that's exactly what the previous administration understood. Mm. They understood, look, we can't go into Guatemala and get rid of the cartel. There's no way we can do that, you know, mm -hmm. unless we invade them and take over it, which is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the next best thing you can do is take care of your own country. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what the previous administration was doing. You saw numbers decrease. I posted actually an article yesterday that talked about how in his first year in office, the previous administration uh, cut human smuggling by 60 percent, 60 percent, six zero. So that's that's a massive number. And, you know, if people say like, yeah, but you know what? They're still traveling to Mexico. And the only thing that changes is that now they're just staying in Mexico. Not necessarily true, because what happens is if people know they're allowed to come over. So, for example, we talked about this earlier. Back in October of last year, the number of people that were allowed to come with with a solid asylum case, it was less than 10 percent, meaning that the people that came to the border and remain in Mexico, over 90 percent of them either stayed in Mexico or had to be had to go back to their country. And now today, more than 50 percent of families and children and migrants coming through are allowed. Mm. You don't have to have a valid asylum case. It's just the policies are like, well, it's not a solid case, but we're just going to take you in anyway. So as a person trying to make that voyage, would you come under an administration with a less than 10 percent chance of being able to stay in the country or would you come under the administration that's promised to take in children regardless of status or whatever it is? And 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 you're watching that the statistic is now a lot higher. Like, hmm, mm -hmm. I now have an over 50% chance to be granted asylum status or some kind of status to be able to stay in the US. I mean, it's a no-brainer. So although the previous administration not perfect, it was definitely a lot better at combating human trafficking, drug trafficking, and 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 allowing the exploitation and and putting in place policies that drive people over. And so to me, you know what? It wasn't perfectly fixed. It wasn't a perfect solution, but it was a hell of a lot better than the Obama administration and now the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. You mean the Harris administration. Ah, ha, ha. Yo, you're checking out Red Pill Tamales. It's 100% listener funded. We can't be censored thanks to you. If you want to join our Patreon, hit us up. Patreon.com forward slash Red Pill Tamales. Or just search Red Pill Tamales.